Joe Rogan, thank you for coming. Your first podcast. My pleasure, Tim Dillon. <laughs> thank you for having me. I like the way you do this. We come to your studio. It's easy. We sit here. We do it. Jamie has to work extra. He's not happy about it. Jamie's but happy. But that's okay. All right. That's all right. Thank you for letting me do We wanted to follow up Lex Friedman with somebody bigger, and that person is you. Oh, and then, thank you. And uh, it's, it's, I wanted to ask you, because it's been, you know, we were just talking about the Hamptons and how crazy people go <laughs> when they have an insane amount of money. Yeah. You've done very well in the last, forever, but in the last year. Yeah. Do you, is it weird as a comic, the types of people that you can be around now? Or it's weird. I'll get like messages from celebrities, like random celebrities, usually about COVID advice. Right. Like I get <laughs> no bullshit. I've helped like dozens of people. Yeah. That I've never brought their names up, like famous actors, right. musicians. To just contact me for COVID advice. Interesting. Yeah, it's that's weird. But it's also weird that they can just they know I know them and I'm famous too. So right. we're all, like I've reached this weird spot where I like I feel comfortable meeting famous people. Like hi, fellow famous person. Right. Whereas I was plagued by uh, imposter syndrome like for forever. Like and I would get real weird around actual celebrities. I'm like ah, I gotta run to the store. Right. Hang out with the freaks. You know, but now you're cool with it. It's it's more. I'm just more accustomed to it, I guess. But the the money thing and the celebrity thing and all that stuff, it is odd, and it's not good for a comedian. Comedians are best off known, but not too famous, right? Because you get too famous, and then you get scrutiny from people who aren't even really fans, and right. they start picking apart your material or looking for. You know where you've aired on the PC right. side, right? And, you know, and where you're not woke or where. This what do you think that is with comics? Where if they get too much money or if they're they get too big, a lot of them lose their mind. Yeah. A lot of them have real big problems. Well, famous people lose their mind. Right. It's just an, a totally unnatural state of existence. Right. Where everywhere you go, people know you and they're all happy to see you. Right. And uh, then you also surround yourself with a bunch of people that don't tell you the truth. That's that's pretty common. Right. And you got to find a way to mitigate that or you'll go insane. Right. You have to have something you do that's like an absolute thing, whether it's a workout thing or you play chess or you fucking, you know, whatever it is. You have to have something to, that you do that's really difficult. Yeah. That doesn't give a fuck if you're famous. Right. If you don't have, like, it's, yeah. I look at it literally like, um, like it's a, a, a an exercise for maintaining sanity. Like this, you have to brush your teeth, you have to go work out. Right. Yeah, but it's not just you work out to be healthy, it's also work out because it's so hard to do right. that everything else seems easier. Right. Over the last year, you've kind of become, pro is this the most heat you've ever taken for a uh, position? Oh, that, like, for about COVID, COVID about the vaccine and stuff like that. Is there, because I know that, uh, the trans MMA thing was big, but it didn't feel this big. Well, the trans MMA thing was big, but it wasn't it wasn't valid. It was people that don't want any criticism whatsoever about trans people. And I was like, look, I don't have a problem with trans people. Right. I have a problem with someone pretending that they're a biological woman and fighting women. Right. Once you say you're trans and everybody says, okay, I'll fight her, fine. I'm fine right. with that. And in fact... MMA is one of the best places for that because you know exactly who your opponent is. Right. Unlike like this swimmer. Was it UPenn? Is that what it is? I don't know. Whatever but... the swimmer is, it's like lapping all these biological women. Right. That's fucked. Right. Because they don't have a choice. They have to compete yeah. against And fighting them. is your, you're, you're more of an expert in fighting than 
many things, yeah, right? This is you put your knowledge of fighting up there, and the knowledge of uh, advantages that a biological male has over a female. They're giant. The right. advantages, are, and I don't think they go away. Right. In two years of you know hormone right. treatments and surgery, right. it's uh, it's too much of an advantage. But if a woman is a biological woman who wants to compete against a trans woman. I have zero problem with right. that. And there was a situation like that recently. Yeah. I had no comment about it. Right. It's basically some regional level uh, fighters, and one was trans, and she was a former like Navy SEAL, like fucking super jacked. Right. Like, yeah. Used to look like, right. you know, like a savage. Yeah. And then became a woman and fought MMA. And, right. But apparently it was a good fight, too. She almost lost in the first round, won in the second round. I don't care. Right. My my issue's not it's not an anti-trans position. It's like For sure. you can't pretend that that's fair that you don't right. tell someone that you were a biological male for thirty fucking years. Right. So thirty fucking years of having testosterone pulsing through your system and strengthening your tendons and your muscles and changing the way your mind works. It's right. A, it's a different mind. Than yeah. A female. Absolutely. Mind. That's so that was a lot. That of was a big one. But it was more like. I realize that people will distort your perceptions on things or your positions on things. This is different. This is like the government gets mad at me. Right. Like this is crazy. This is the CNN most heat lies about me. Yeah. I think I've ever seen a private individual take outside of like somebody who's leaking secrets or something, right? I mean, this yeah. is a pretty now obviously you're 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 fine. They're not, you know, they're not disappearing you, right? But in terms of just criticism, uh you know, you know, Fauci and the, you know, people have addressed you personally, you know, like the media has kind of gone after you personally. Does it, does it affect you at all being in the midst of this shit storm on the level you're in it, which is pretty, you're pretty central? Well, it has to affect you because you're aware of it. If you're aware of it, it has a, an effect on you. The question is, do you change the way you operate? Like, do I right. decide that now I'm going to play it safe and I'm going to just have podcasts with athletes or comedians just talk about silly things? Right. I could do that. Right. I, I could just decide to bail out of it. Or I could just do exactly what I want to do. Right. And do exactly what got me here in the first place. So that's what I do. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm aware of it, but I'm like, right. You know, it's, I know what's going on, too. You know, what's going on, it's one of the reasons why they go after me is that they realize I have a lot of influence. Another reason why is because they need a boogeyman. Like, the mainstream media needs a Trump. They need a right. someone. They need, right. Because on their own, the problem is, you, it's, a lot of it is editorial opinion pieces by morons. Like, right. they're really dull-minded folks. These are not the brightest. Well, the reason why they got there in the first place is not because they're these courageous, pioneering thinkers right. who have, like, compassionate, intelligent views in the world. No, they've followed narratives. They read teleprompters. Yeah. Right. And they say things that align with whatever the ideology is of their network. Right. So that's what they do. Do you have, do you have people that disagree with you on this issue that, and I'm sure you do, that you respect? Yeah. That you go, Sam Harris, so yeah, like that, yeah, yeah, like yeah. people yeah. that go, I feel you because it's a big issue and it's like yeah. a life or death thing. Mm -hmm. It's an important issue. People have very strong feelings about it. Do you like? Obviously, there's a lot of disingenuous people in the media that are doing it for clicks. But do you have people in your own life who this is kind of? I don't want to say a rift, but like, have you fallen out with people over it? Or yes. have you? Okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's um, it's controversial. But at this point, particularly when I see the way the government's behaving, 
um, the suppression of monoclonal antibodies, the demonizing of um, generic treatments that are available, whether it's hydroxychloroquine or ivermectin. There's, there's a concerted effort to demonize treatments that many, many, many doctors are using and many right. countries are using. There's right. fuckery going on, man. Sure. And, there's, and there's brought to you by Pfizer. Right. And if you watch yeah. the, the root of this fuckery, yeah. it's real clear. And so uh, I'm pretty confident in what I'm saying. Right. I'm not saying that you shouldn't get vaccinated, and I'm not saying that vaccines don't have a positive benefit for a lot of people. They most certainly do. A lot of people yeah. who got COVID who were vaccinated, it was way better for them than not being vaccinated. That's a fact. Right. Another fact is there's treatments that are available that could stop it dead in its tracks, particularly monoclonal antibodies. The, the Biden administration is doing their very fucking best to make it really hard to get monoclonal antibodies. And according to Peter McCullough, Dr. Peter McCullough, who is the most published physician in history in his field, the most published ever, he's right. a rock solid physician without ever having any controversy in his career up until COVID. He says there's enough monoclonal antibodies for the entire country. He's like, they're doing their best to try to prevent this because if you get that monoclonal antibodies, it stops COVID dead in its tracks. So why wouldn't I, early treatment yeah. with monoclonal antibodies knocks it dead? It did it with you. Yeah, it did it with me. Right. And so I, then why not go that route? Now I know Pfizer's making a lot of money. Because they want to vaccinate people. Right. They want universal vaccination. Yeah. Now you could ascribe. You could say there's all sorts of like sinister motives for that. Sure. You know, you know, you could say they don't want a control group. They want the entire country vaccinated. So if health problems happen, there's no one to compare it to. There's like there's a lot of things that you could say. There's you could say that it's just a gigantic money grab that they have some sort of a very close relationship with the pharmaceutical companies that manufacture the the vaccines. Yeah. I don't know what the fuck it is, but I do know that there are treatments. And in a sane world, right. you would be pursuing all these treatments. They wouldn't just send you home right. and say they can't, they can't give you ivermectin, they right. can't give you anything else. They just come back when your pulse, your blood oxygen level drops below 92. That's not yeah. normal. Right. That's not normal with any other disease. Right. When they it's have the off-label treatments that are available that people are using, and there are randomized controlled trials that show that they work, I don't know if they fucking work or not. I'm a moron. All right? Right. I'm not a doctor. I'm not an epidemiologist. I'm not a virologist. But the ones that I've talked to that are, that have treated thousands of people, they tell you time and time again that these are effective methods. Yeah. They point to Uttar Pradesh in India that's knocked it out using entirely this uh, combination of ivermectin and a few other off-label drugs. They point to all these different countries all around the world that have experienced very low rates of COVID. And they right. say, why does Japan use ivermectin? Right. Why do all these other countries use it? Right. Why is CNN pretending yeah. it's veterinary medication when more people have taken ivermectin than there are horses on planet Earth? Right. It's fucking nuts. No, the media has clearly attacked you using a playbook that has only made them look uh, very disingenuous. And you've, I think, more people's eyes have been opened by the media lying about things you've said or um, misrepresenting uh, ivermectin as horse medication, things like that. In terms of, I think one of the criticisms that people have had is they've said like, why not bring on people that are more pro-vaccine? I have. So you put on I certainly have. Sanjay I mean, Gupta. I, well, I had him on. I had right. Rhonda Patrick on. I had a conversation right. with her about it. In the early days of the, the podcast, I had um, uh, Michael Osterholm, who is uh, he's an infectious disease expert. I had Peter Hotez, who's a vaccine expert. I've right. Had quite a few of them on. Yeah. 
the the thing is like over time i've noticed that the mainstream narrative is being guided in a way where everybody steps in line and people are ignoring all these other things that we talked about. They're ignoring the suppression of monoclonal antibodies. They're ignoring the suppression of treatments. There's a lot of shit going on. Have any on. of those dudes reached out to like come back on again? Or yes. have they, like yes. Osterholm or people like that, is it weird? Because also people bring up this whole thing that you have where you go, listen, I'm not anti-vax, right? I'm not. You have a whole thing where you talk about like uh, that a lot of people that are against all vaccinations are are historically... You know they. You know they've been proven wrong. Like we yeah. stamped out a lot of diseases. For what? Sure. What about like? Because I would wonder because this I know, isn't a vaccine, right? No, no, no. It's for a sure, gene therapy. That's yeah. part of the problem. Yeah, it's, it's it's kind of an experimental thing. Yeah, I mean the experiment is massive now. It's billions right. and billions of people worldwide. Right. But it's essentially experimental in terms of the long term health consequences. Why, for all so these I wonder people. about guys because there there there's because they don't seem like bad people. Osterholm or guys like that, no. right? They well, seem they've like, never been bad people. They've never been bad people. And are they just looking at, well, all these people, a lot of them are faring better with the vaccine if they get COVID, so they're not looking at the other adverse effects? There's there's a bunch of things you could say. I mean, yeah. it's a lot of it's speculation. But again, there's a lot of people that benefit from being vaccinated. That's right. a fact. Right. There's also people that have horrible reactions to the vaccine. That's yeah. a fact too. Like there's a lot going on, and when you're only allowed to look at one group of uh, of one, you know, example of evidence and not another example, like one a positive example versus a negative example. Yeah. That's not good for anybody. No, it's it not. It just sucks for me that I'm stuck in this weird position. You're where I have in to this talk crazy this. position as a comedian, yeah. MMA commentator, podcaster. But you, the show has become such a massive. I mean, they put out numbers the other day. I mean, you're the leading media figure how right now. Dumb is that? Well, that's, that's how wild. you know. That's I how you know this I world should is be. You should I be. was so mad <laughs> that you were, and I called my producer and I fired him. I had to rehire him because I couldn't find anyone else. But I was so angry. Because I don't have guests, and that's what a real media person should do. I have no interest in anyone's opinion. <laughs> Just like my mother, who's a schizophrenic. She never had to have anyone over to have a good time. And that's the way I do. But you now have a crazy amount of people listening. Do you feel, because people try to guilt you. People try to go, somebody didn't get vaccinated and they died of COVID. And they try to go, that's Joe Rogan's fault. This is what people say. That's what they say? Well, that's what they say. That's I mean, this ridiculous. is their whole thing, right? Um... This is what I would say. Yeah. Why didn't the doctors give them treatment? Right. Why didn't the doctors yeah. get them monoclonal antibodies? Why, yeah. Were they denied monoclonal antibodies? Right. Did they request them? Did they know about them? Right. You know, why didn't they get IV vitamin drip infusions? Why right. didn't they get NAD? Is that right. available? Yeah. Isn't that available? That seems like especially uh, IV vitamin drips. Like right. that, that shit's very available. We right. know that high level vitamin drips, whether it's uh, with, with especially with C, D, zinc, glutathione, all those things are like hugely beneficial yeah. to any kind of disease people have. For sure. I and mean, I've got them. I've got them like as a, just a health remedy like yeah. for the last few years, and every time I do it, it feels fucking great. And you know people personally that have had problems with the vaccine. I know quite a few now. Yeah. Now I know over 15 people right. that have had like serious side effects of the yeah, vaccine. Yeah, both men and women, yeah. menstrual issues, Menstrual strokes. issues, strokes, yeah. neurological disorders, what, chronic now, fatigue. So what's a neurological disorder? Just well, out your of whole body shaking. Jesus. Yeah, and you can't do anything about yeah. it. Like weird ones, man. There's And it's... The thing is, when you're vaccinating, this to be fair, you're vaccinating yeah. hundreds of millions of people in this country alone, you're going to get adverse side effects on any medication. Right. The thing is, if you look at only that group, like if you vaccinate 100 million people, 
they they think that the adverse side effects and they don't really know because the VAERS report it's kind of it's it's very underreported and it's also it's hard to see whether or not the the it's 100% accurate. I don't know how much they investigate each right. individual one. Right. But if you they they th- seem to think that at a low number, like a conservative number, it's like 1 per 1000. So if you vaccinate a million people, you're going to have a lot of people that have adverse side effects. You vaccinate 100 people, you're going to have a lot. So this right. is what we're dealing with. Yeah. And that doesn't get any play. It doesn't. They suppress it. There was a kid on TikTok that uh, had myocarditis, and he was a high school kid, like an athlete, and he was in the hospital. And it got millions and millions of plays. They removed it from TikTok because it doesn't fit the narrative. Like, that's what's fucked. That, see, they that's say that, a really an indication of a much larger problem. Yes. Yeah, the problem is they is think they're doing good. They I mean, the 13-year-old got it and died a day been later. A, quite a few. There's a few kids that unfortunately, you know, have passed away. Yes. I have a friend and one of his good friend's daughter got it. She was 14 years old and just immediately respiratory failure. They put her in the ICU. She's fucked. You know, there was one of the girls in the yeah. trials that was 13 years old. It's confined to a wheelchair for the, for the rest, rest of her, her life. life. And, you know, and you can't th- sue? Not that no, suing would matter you when can't. it's your child. No, you but, can't. That's yeah. part of what's going on. The emergency right. use authorization. It exempts them from any... And you're talking about these companies that have always historically lied about adverse side effects in order right. to make profit. They've done it with Vioxx. They've done it with a bunch of other drugs in right. the past. Pfizer is like one of the most fined companies ever. The Russian ever. vaccine Sputnik is actually the best vaccine. It's supposed to be very good. It's actually the best vaccine. It's crazy. And, and another nobody's one talking about it. It's supposed to be very good, too. Yeah. Yeah, the Cuban one's supposed to be excellent. Lex Friedman is an, you know Lex, is an agent of Russia. He works for Russia. Oh, he definitely and, does. And he's here in America now. I think he's related to Putin. Yeah, oh, he's certainly, he's his son. <laughs> Lex Friedman is the son of Putin and Ghislaine Maxwell. His real name's Damien. Keep it on the low. <laughs> Keep it on the low. <laughs> but he was talking about Sputnik, and I researched Sputnik, and Sputnik is actually good. Yeah. Could you, instead of with the ivermectin, just pitch Sputnik? Well, I that think way they're it going could divert the people that are angry at you, and you go, "All right, I'm, I'll give you a vaccine. Get Just Sputnik. get a Russian one. It's the get, best one. Get, get the Sputnik. Cuban one. Um, What's a Cuban one called? Do we I know? don't know. It's a good question. James there's a new out. one that's coming out apparently that is uh, it's an inert version of the virus, like an old school vaccine. So that's what you want. Well, I don't know, man. I mean, is that good? Is that good right. to get? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. Nobody knows. Well, here's the thing, man. What about treatments? Uh, 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 what about these fucking treatments? How good is this Pfizer pill that's coming out? Yeah. How good is the Merck pill that's coming out? Maybe that's the way Maybe they're great. Maybe a good thing to do is get the natural antibodies from an infection and yeah. they have a really effective treatment. And also, you're right about this. You can't have the body positivity shit. No. Where you tell you people you can be fat. And that it's great for you. No. You shouldn't demonize fat people, but you should also be very honest with them about you're making a choice. Yes. Just like when you become a comedian, you're making a choice. Yes. It may not work. Statistically, it won't. But you can try. And good luck, right? It's yeah. like you become an actor, an artist, whatever. Being fat is kind of similar to that where it's like it's probably not going to work. Long term. It's, it's even worse with COVID apparently because there's something about COVID that targets fat. And, it does. Yeah, and there's they've shown significant numbers of people that are in the ICU that are overweight. It's right. it's one of the worst things. And, and in the beginning, have. they weren't as honest with that right. as they are now. Well, that's the thing. It's like there's things that upset people, and so because they know those things upset people, they don't talk they about decide it. not to talk about right. it. Right. And you know, body shaming is one of those things. Right. 
But it's 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 true that you have a much higher risk. Yeah, it's true. Uh, of uh, having adverse uh, reaction to COVID, yeah. hospitalization, death if you're a fatty boom batty. Yeah, I think if we're really lucky, these Merck pills or the Pfizer pills are excellent. And then also this Omicron, you know, I've heard, I have a friend who's a biologist who was talking to me about this. He goes, essentially what this is, is a live vaccine. It's a vaccine that's burning through the population. It's not, he's saying, he's saying it's not good to get it. I'm not saying it's good to get it. What I'm saying is it's a respiratory virus and it's almost inevitable that people are going to get it because of the infectious rate of it. It's right. super infectious. Right. And the, because it's super contagious, rather, this disease is probably going to get everybody who hasn't gotten COVID yet. What's interesting is that nobody in Hollywood's vaccinated. Nobody talks about it. We know a bunch they don't of ever actors. Talk about it. None of them are vaccinated, right? Really? None oh, they, of them. You mean they hide it? They hide it. They have fake vaccine cards. Oh, We've really? been told this by I everybody. Thought you were being facetious. No, 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 no. Oh. A lot of Hollywood actors are not doing it because you know they're younger. A yeah. lot of them, they're healthier. They have access to really good treatment. This, right. that, the other thing. Um, they don't trust the narrative, whatever. They're yeah. just not. And, you know, outwardly, they're not talking about it, right? Yeah. Like, think of how many Hollywood celebrities were went hard for Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. Now, think about how many of them went hard for the vaccine. Not a lot. There's just not a lot of Hollywood Stephen people. Stephen Colbert went hard. He went hard, but that's his job. Is it? Well, he's, yeah, he's a puppet. But I mean, that's like that literally the, the marionette. Puppety thing I think I've ever well, seen. Well, he's a guy that took the $25 million a year, which I get. If somebody pays me $25 million a Is year- Is that what they give him to host that they show? They give him a lot of money. And he, and he was getting no ratings, and then Trump came in and he goes, I will, my aunt loves Stephen Colbert. You know, she's she's in her 60s or late 50s. She has three or four autoimmune disorders. She's self-diagnosed. <laughs> she drinks white Zinfandel, and she sits in her chair. She has a loveless marriage, and she stares at the TV, and Stephen Colbert comes on, and he goes, Trump's evil, and the Republicans are evil, and she cheers and smacks her seal-like paws together, and this is how she's going to spend the rest of her life. And I have another aunt who does the same thing, but she's a QAnon retard, and she watches Laura Ingram, and and her husband and her are like, you know, it's a loveless, you know, marriage, and she just sits in her chair, drinking wine, watching Laura Ingram and Tucker Carlson. So people at a certain age, I think, when they've given up on everything else in life, they get very political. Yeah, that does happen. This it's also seems, gives them yeah. meaning. Gives, gives them, them something to do. Well, they, they watch their tribe go to war. That's it's right. like, well, people are into football teams. That's right. You know, fucking go Buccaneers. Right, right. right. They it's get crazy. All excited. They paint their chest. Yes. They go insane. It's their team. And if do their you, team loses, they get devastated. Do you, as a highly productive person, look at people like that and go, they're just lower life forms? Because ah. I'm not even <laughs> nearly as productive as you, and I look at them like that, and I, I do a hundredth of, maybe a thousandth of what you do, and I look at them and I go, they're like zombies. Yeah. Their bodies and minds have been taken over. Well, they got... It's a trap. Right. It's like, if you, you ever watch people play three-card money in New York? Yes. And you go, oh, you fucking dummy. Like, yes. You're going to get sucked gonna into get, that? Yeah. Like, you'll get sucked into all right. these things. Right, You know, it's what I say about, like, if you get really invested in politics. Voting for president is probably a lot like rooting on pro wrestling. That's right. It might make you feel better, right. but I don't know how much it really affects right. the outcome. Yeah. And they're and, trying to pull that back oh, as much sure. as possible now. I mean, if you look at Biden, who's clearly... You know, this act didn't get passed. Even yeah. the Democrats are going, this guy is out of it. Yeah. Even people that voted for him are going, hey, something's wrong.
it, it's clear to see that the the will of the people gets subverted a lot yes. in, in many different ways. Sure. And the people who end up running the show are not necessarily representative of what the public wants. Yeah. Um, and how do you, I don't know that you fix that. I don't know if you fix that either. So I'm, unfortunately, it's just a, you end up adopting this kind of cynical position, right? That you can only really take care of yourself, your family, your community, the people. You can donate money. You can be altruistic in many different ways. But as far as the government, it seems like an unsolvable problem. It's um, it's definitely complex and it's moving in the wrong direction. Right. You know, I've been paying attention to uh, these companies that are buying up affordable housing. Yeah. Have you like BlackRock and Zillow. Yeah, that's scary. It is scary. That's scary because if they can move the entire country into renting, like that's no, right, nobody can own anything. Well, that's like, what they want to do. Right. That's what I'm saying. They if don't want get, anyone to own anything. If you get a, a giant majority of the population that are just renters. They don't ever own property. They never have their own real, real home. Yeah. And then you make sure that you control their wage because you have massive corporations, whether it's Target or right. Amazon or whatever, and they limit the amount of possible growth you have within a company. Yeah. And there was that article, you'll own nothing and be happy yes, in 2030. That. that is wild. And this is, you know, kind of, you know, when you look at a lot of these think tanks and, you know, groups of very powerful interests, when you look at the kind of world they want, they would like to get rid of things like car ownership. Yes, I've been seeing that too. They want to get rid of home ownership. Yeah. They want people to all be on the grid in a major way. They want surveillance, you know, cradle to grave, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Social credit systems. Yeah, and the only thing it's left to do seems to be to to get in with them <laughs> so that when they're doing this to everyone, you're with them. Yeah, you're on the right side of the plexiglass. It, because here's the problem. People are marching into this yeah. willingly. They're like marching into it. It's like my aunt or the other aunt. Like people, as long as their team wins, they don't really care what rights they lose and what things end up looking like. Yeah, they don't. There's a lot of people that don't. They And they're so tribal that if... The right-wing people want something, they want the opposite of that, even if it kills them. And so I think that there's a lot of exaggerated positions by people that take up these really, like, amplified right-wing positions, and it's probably, like, Russian trolls right. or, or Chinese trolls or something right. like that. And they take up these positions which force the people on the left to get even more crazy yeah. with their Marxist ideas and right. leftist ideas. They and turn it up. They're being played. They turn it up. And very few people are autonomous. Right. Very few people have... Of their own like but we're also a silly country now so we have kids in the suburbs calling themselves maoists yeah unironically unironically in these leafy green suburbs <laughs> and then we have the alt-right and it's the same kids and they want a, re a return to the holy roman empire <laughs> and these are children running around the suburbs yeah. that are online all day yep venerating these genocidal dictators and going this is a good idea yeah it's it's a silly country, and there's a lot of problems. And you know, one of the first indications that I saw that this was coming was when comics stopped doing colleges. Interesting, yeah. Because as soon as comics, you lose the younger yeah. people, yeah, the comics are like, dude, they're too fucking politically correct. It's right, too, it's too annoying. I don't want to do this. They don't have any world experience, and their 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 ideas right. are preposterous, and you know, they don't want 
any they, – they're, like, the first to say no one should own property. They're right. the first to say that, Absolutely. you know, that we need a redistribution of wealth. Right. And we need – Which a little bit of is good, but well, that you like, don't want all of it. Income because equality. then why make money? Income equality is a crazy statement. Of course. Because should people make more money? Yes. Yes. They definitely should. Sure. If you look at a corporation that's making fucking untold billions of yeah. dollars, and then you go down to the bottom of the chain and people are in dire poverty that yeah. are working for that company, and that company is benefiting substantially it's more crazy. than that person's the Get balance him. is yeah. way off. The battle, balance is way off. And those people have no leverage. Yes. That's where unions come into play. Right. That's why it's important it's like, to But that's why Jeff Bezos recently with Amazon, like, he's taking the photos with the girl. Yeah. He, he's enjoying it. At least the Amazon employees, even though they don't have food or health care, can look at him and go, he's having fun. Do you, do you know what him. I mean? Yeah. Whereas a Warren Buffett, he's just in Omaha having sex with kids quietly and worshiping Satan. Is that what he's doing? Uh, come on. Who, who lives in Omaha? But he has a billion dollars. He drinks a lot of Coca-Cola. He's got $100 billion. He lives in Omaha. Why? Because he likes- He like, lives in a small house. He says he likes Dairy Queen. Let's cut it out. But Bezos, at least, he's on a raft with these whores <laughs> in the middle of the ocean. At least that inspires I think people. It's his girlfriend. I think it's actually his girlfriend. Yeah. She's really pretty. She's pretty in an interesting way. Kind what of, does that mean? There's a, a shapeliness to her that's, she seems threatening. Like an ammo. She looks like an agent. Ah. Kind of like somebody that would play an agent in a, in a, in a movie, which is interesting because she, she probably is an agent in real life. Well, she's- A Mossad agent or something. Dated a lot of other people. She's had yeah. children. I think she's American. Well, God bless her. And she's making good choices. <laughs> I always tell women, if you can, marry a, a billionaire, right? Marry it's a- good a, move. Marry a wealthy dude. Hang in there for a couple of years, the and it's way better than working at Amazon. The best is to marry someone who will, who they make money by destroying themselves while you enjoy it, mm. which is many relationships that I know. A woman will enjoy the fruits of a man's labor. He will destroy himself, and she will kind of enjoy the money. Right. Well, Bezos, I believe, <clears throat> is retired. <clears throat> well, he in, stepped down as a CEO, but it's right? kind of like Putin, right? Where they never oh, really stepped down. Interesting. But my my thing is like when you have a country that's this silly, yeah. where comedy specials are people coming out making serious points. You have late night uh, hosts crying. You have you know the girl who threatened her mother on Doctor Phil is a legitimate star. Right? Bad baby. Remember right. that woman? Oh, yeah. She threatened to kill her mother on TV. She's a star now. She has massive Instagram following. Massive, massive. Where does this go? Right? Pictures of apes are selling for the cost of a Lamborghini. <laughs> Our last president was the guy who hosted The Apprentice. And on his last day of office, a mob of lunatics ran into the Capitol to take selfies with fucking wigs on. <laughs> it looked like a sketch I would do. Like, it really is. We're, we're in like a fucking weird movie. Do you remember when you were a kid yeah. and you would hear about the last days of the Roman Empire? Yes. Where they were just like eating till they couldn't take it anymore <laughs> yeah. and then shoving a feather in their mouth and yes. throwing up and yeah. fucking everybody? Yes. That's us. And it's. This when is it's playing like it. that, it sounds good. It it's doesn't sound that bad. But it is. It is. Funny as a comedian, when you when you step back and you go like, this is really, really 
crazy stuff. It's crazy stuff, and the problem is I don't see a good ending. Because if no. we fall in, the, the other problem is we have to compete with China. And right. China has this amazing ability to control their population through propaganda and intimidation and, you know, total censorship, which we're like moving in that kind of general direction, right. which is really scary because the, the one way we may be able to compete with China is to become more like China. Because otherwise, like they're so, they're so integrated. <clears throat> they're, um, their government and their business is inexorable. They're connected. You cannot have a corporation where the government's not involved. Right. So the government makes decisions with the corporations that benefit the government, benefit the Chinese Communist Party, benefit the country in right. general. And we're on that path, too, yeah, with military-industrial like contractors, yeah. pharma companies that kind of killed the Obama health care bill. They went in and rewrote that, and they were mm. like, we don't want this. All their lobbyists had a lot of influence on that. It, I mean, it's strange to to really conceive of it as a reality, as opposed to just a joke or a, um, you know, kind of a cynical aside, it actually does seem that we're in a stage of decline yeah. that's somewhat irreversible. Yeah, and it does. It's, it's, it's hard not to be depressed. Have you, I think we've talked about this before, Douglas Murray, he talked about all the, the, madness the, the of gender crowds. issues. Yes. Well, he was on my podcast and he was saying that these gender issues where people are changing genders, swapping gender. he goes, that takes place in all civilizations that are collapsing. Now, why is that? I don't know. I is mean, it people just get bored? I think it's a, when life gets very easy, yeah. people start looking for problems and they start looking to the structure of society and then looking to try to sort of dissolve. Yeah. Because there are legitimate trans people, clearly. Clearly. Clearly, I know somebody who's trans who never speaks about it, lives as a woman, mm. doesn't even know that I know. Great person, um, born a man, now lives as a woman, doesn't speak, lives as a woman, doesn't speak about, is like Well, say very her much, name so everybody knows. Well, I, I don't, she probably wouldn't even mind. Everyone now <laughs> is such a fame whore. Well, uh, I had you know, Blair White on the podcast. Blair White, yeah. Who's as trans as you can get. As like, trans, You yeah. look at that and go, oh, I get it. So there's, 100%. Legit, but, but then there's this other thing where people are going, I have green hair. Yeah. I'm uh, trans or non-binary and you go, Wait a minute. Hold on a minute. You're a, a white female who goes to Wesleyan College. You're dating a guy. Right. You're in a heterosexual relationship. You felt no oppression your entire life. Your dad works for Raytheon. Your mother's a pill addict. <laughs> you go to school this and is you a go, Billy Joel song. This is a <laughs> <laughs> You go to school. And you figure out a way to not be the oppressor. Right, right, right. You go, I will be different yeah, now. Yeah, it's true. And as a real faggot, you used to have to be <laughs> a faggot to be a faggot. Like, you used to have to have sex with men. Right. Or if you're a woman, you have to sex with women. And, and people were supposed to, you know, be like, ugh. And there was some naturalness to that because, like, the reaction of people was that the thing that you were saying was real, right? It, and some people were like, it was harder for them to 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 get behind. And but you suffered legitimate oppression. You suffered legitimate oppression because the feelings you had were valid and real, right? Not non-binary yeah, oppression. Yeah, it was it was it was real. Like you were saying, I put a penis in my mouth, and people were going, "That's odd." 
And well, my father said that because that's odd. No, I'm kidding. He, <laughs> he, he's he's fine with everything as long as he doesn't have to work harder. He's not a hard worker. Uh. But he so the 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 whole thing is this new thing has taken over the gay thing now. Yeah. So it's not really gay people. Right, it's fake. Gay people are kind of looked at as Nazis. Really. If you see two lesbians now, because lesbians usually own businesses. Um, you know, they're usually, they're capitalists. Most lesbians are capitalists, and they're quite vicious. Really? They fire people. Oh, most lesbians are very competent people, whereas a lot of gay like men. Ellen? Like Ellen. Ellen is a CEO, truly. Yes. She she has a, a, a real estate portfolio that's in excess of $100 million. I mean, right, she, right, the yeah. woman was a tyrant, yeah. but she got things done. Yeah. But now I think the, the gays and lesbians are like the normies of gays mm. now. And there's a new crop of people coming in that don't really have any sex. They spend most of their time online. They're all like pansexual communist witches. <laughs> and their main goal is to tweet about you. No one even fucks. They're really just tweeting about you. No one's even having dirty, sweaty, sinful sex in a motel room anymore. Everybody's on Reddit talking about you have you it's a weird thing it's weird for me it's you remember know, it's the really birdcage the movie it was very fun yeah i never watched it but it's great nichols and may wrote it. it's brilliantly funny it's gay people in south beach doing drugs having sex and having fun we are like the opposite of that mm. we are like in some sexless autistic horror hellscape <sighs> where people just sit around and there's this weird like office politics bureaucratic like you know weird like uh, you know, you made me upset. You made me upset. Like, I grew up with Rent, where it was that show where people were like, we have AIDS, but let's have fun. Right, let's dance. That was the theme of Rent. It was like, yeah. we have AIDS, but let's not let it ruin the night. Yeah. And now, people are just upset for all kinds of reasons. It's weird. And you don't really hate uh, gay people. No. I don't hate it. I love right. you. Yes. I no, I you've, been, you've been very good to me. Yeah, I don't Loving me is like go golfing with Candace Owens and going, I love blacks. <laughs> <laughs> ah! 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 So, no, no, I love everybody, man. I, I, I have no ill will towards any individual group. Right. I, uh, individual people. Yeah, of course. And silly people. How weird is it that comedy's gotten weird? Like, now at the comedy store, you have all these guys that have talked shit about you, right? Now, oh, obviously, many of them are feeble and diabetic and dying, so it's not like they present a physical threat. I mean, many of them are not well. But if you were, like, is it weird now with this community the way it is that's so splintered? Well, I don't know who's talking shit about me. I and mean, the right. ones that do, if that is real... I left, and right. I left. I brought a lot of the people here, yeah, and right. it's better here, right? Right. You know, and I think there's a lot of FOMO going on for sure. Yeah. But then there's also a lot of people that are trying to establish this new position on the food chain, which is one of the way ways that you and I became friends. Right. Because I read the thing you wrote about Louis. Right. And I'm like, he fucking nailed it because that's exactly what it is. That it's was these it. mediocre talents. Yeah. That are looking to attack Louis, who is at the time and still is one of the best comics that's ever lived. One of the most brilliant comic minds ever. that have ever lived. And yeah. so when they were attacking him, they weren't just attacking him because they thought that what he did was wrong. Right. They were doing it because they wanted to establish that yeah. they want to stomp him down because he was they didn't weakened. even know what he did. Yeah. You know, like there right. was just this idea, this very kind of vague general idea yeah. of what, what had been out there and things like that. There's a lot but, of cowardice in comedy, man. Yeah. There's a lot of cowards and there's a lot of people that take, they take some chances, but then they fucking think about them and they panic. 
and then they go back and they'll try to attack someone because they think it makes them feel like they're they're more protected because right. they're on the offensive. It's like it's 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 a wild time, man. It's yeah. a wild, it's, social media has flamed up everybody's mental illness. Like anybody yeah. who had a little bit of mental illness, they just fucking threw buckets of lighter on. fluid on that shit. Would you have Fauci on the show? Hundred percent. Wow. Hundred percent. You don't think he'd come on though, right? I don't think he'd come on, but if he did, I'd, I would request a real podcast. Like you can't come on for twenty minutes. Like we're going to talk for a few hours. What if he came here, sat down, got mm -hmm. high, and was the greatest guest you've That'd ever had? That'd be awesome. What if he just admitted it? What if he's what if like, like, Joe, we're making fucking money about AIDS? Yeah. He goes, <laughs> we're making money. We made money yeah. off AIDS. We made money off this. I've got he's to like, the point. Yeah. I'm coming clean. I'm yeah. eighty. What the fuck? Yeah. He goes, who gives a fuck? You jab yeah. him up. A couple of them fall down and. Walmart. You are entirely correct, yeah. Tim. <laughs> that is exactly what I've been doing my entire career. Yeah. It's a. He's in. He's Let a, me tell you about <laughs> repurposing <laughs> HIV drugs. This was how we started the scam. Gain of function he research. Just, he just unloads. Obama shut it down, right? Yeah, 2014. Obama shut down gain of function research. Yeah, yeah. and he was like wary of the implications of 100%, having because he's makes fucking sense. smart. He's a smart guy. You know, how bad do you miss him? When you look at yeah. the presidents we've had since I then, still do coke with him, so I don't miss he, him at all. I would like I to. do coke with him and his wife I in Miami, but I would and like they're to do hilarious. Coke with him and Bruce Springsteen. Together. Bruce is a depressing. They have a bad podcast. I'd like to come in and spice it up. Oh, Bruce has a podcast with Obama. No, he doesn't. It's terrible. That is you horrible. and I should go on and show them oh. how to do it. Like stop. Yeah. Like you know how they get like dance instructors that do like yes. Dancing with the Stars. Yes. They 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 think they're dancers. Yes. You know right. like oh I'm a dancer. No, <laughs> yeah. no no no. The real dancers are going to show you how to dance. Yeah. You and I we should we go show in them there. how to fucking podcast. What the hell are those two talking? Nonsense. About? Oh god. It's nonsense. It's all like so yeah. like it's so aware. Of that what people they're are doing. paying attention. Yeah. They're so aware of like walking that line of acceptable narratives that nobody cares right, about it. Right. It's, it doesn't it doesn't work. It's crazy. It doesn't work. That's one thing about podcasts. The brilliant thing about it is yeah. because there's no pr real production and yeah. there's no real engineering and where a bunch of people are like writing yeah. scripts and following that is that it's so raw that anything that's not like that doesn't right. work. Whereas yeah. like mainstream news is so produced that if right. you had raw on mainstream news, people are like, what the fuck kind of unprofessional yeah. shit is this? Like Bruce Springsteen's got to turn around to Obama during it and be like, so your wife's a man. Like someone has to, <laughs> someone has to liven it up. With fun stuff like that, which isn't true, but it's a fun way. It's a weird one that to they, kick that's off a QAnon one. You know, they believe it's, that. They, they do believe that. They're hardcore. There's even. Do you ever get people that are with you on the vax, but then want you to go much further? Oh yeah. They're like, listen, oh, yeah. we're flat. Yeah, they because yeah. they don't stop at the vax. No, they Why go would you? much further. Why would you? When they, you go hollow earth. They they go hollow earth. They yeah. go the world is flat. Rep reptile people. Yeah, the Jews are in the cupboard. Mm, it's a whole thing. Yeah, the great reset. Yeah. Who knows what's real and what's not real? You right. Know, you go down the list of all the things that Alex Jones predicted. Right. He didn't get a lot of them wrong. Well, he did it, but he did get a few of them wrong. He fucked up that Sandy and Hook one. one rhymes with Mandy Mook. <laughs> and that's a real. That was a. That's a rough. That's the one. problem. One. If that one that's didn't a exist, bad one. let's let's pretend that he never fucked that up because he was going through a rough time in his life. He then. was going through a rough time. He was time. drinking like crazy. He had yes. essentially a psychotic yes. break. 
I mean, he's really open about. But it. my uncle went through a rough time. He just played golf through it. Like sometimes well, he didn't you have just a podcast. sometimes you just that's a great point. But sometimes you if just got to go through the rough time without accusing kids of faking their death. Well, he wasn't accusing the kids of doing right. it. He was accusing well, the parents. Whatever. He fucked up. He's a but good man. The the point is, if that if he didn't. If you just remove that, and then you look at all the things that he predicted that he are was accurate. right about a lot of them. You got to look at a guy like people are like. Why would you talk to a guy like that? Yeah. Because first of all, I've known him for more than twenty years. He's right. my friend. He is a very nice guy. Right. He he absolutely fucked up, but he'll tell you that he fucked up. Right. And people fuck up, and I think you got to be allowed to fuck up. And he did not direct the people to do the horrible no, things. No. No. But these the are just is, crazy. His fans are crazy. Well, people. Some are crazy. of his fans are. Uh, what they call they're a little off. I got news for you, pal. Some of yours are off too. Mine I as well. Know it. Yeah. I know it. No no avoiding that. But the idea that you're responsible for the off people that listen to you and want to start screaming at Megan McCain, stop fucking your dead dad. Well that I tell them to do. <laughs> I organize that. I have rallies. But, but, but you know yeah, what I'm saying? It's for like sure. people are crazy. And if I, you put I out, said they wanted to find a conservative on the view, I said let me go in there with the wig. I'll be the conservative that left. Does any woman even want to do that anymore? Nobody wants like to do it anymore. Up. Kat Timp, who was a libertarian on Fox, they were trying to go hard at her. But she's like, I'm on Gutfeld. I'm on a show people watch. Who cares? They've turned that show into... What they've done is they've made it so that all they do is fight. Right. All they do is scream and yell. All they do is get upset at people. It's all negative. It's all demeaning. Yeah. It's all insulting. Yeah. They've just gotten to this point where the show has just got this feel of it. You only watch to see who they're mad at. Like, right. Whoa, whoa. No, it's a, it's a horrible, horrible experience <laughs> for anyone watching or participating in it, truly. This is what's wrong with it. If you got five friends yeah. that just wanted to talk about things like that and they didn't have time limits, and they didn't have, like all these constraints yeah. that are put on a show like that hinder the the possibility of it being good. You know, there's oh, for sure. all the people in the audience, that's a problem because yeah. you're playing to the audience. Yeah. And then you have the fact that you have a commercial coming up at 45 seconds. You got to make your point. Yeah. And then these other bitches are trying to chime in. You got to oh, talk horrible. over them. But they can't find a female conservative. No. I think they're going to have to use that grandma who was yelling at the Sandy Hook parents. I forget her name. The one who was like, prove it, you dumb fuck. <laughs> but she, she's a, Q, she's a QAnon grandma. I forget her name. Ben knows her name. QAnon grandma. Yeah, she was this grandma that was in that documentary, and she would go, she would yell at these parents. It was very sad. She'd be like, "Prove it, you dumb fuck!" about their kids <laughs> dying. And I think she should be on the View <sighs> or get Rosie O'Donnell back because she at least questioned nine eleven. Yeah, yeah. She um she questioned Tower Seven and a lot of other things like this. Look. That those things are like real complicated. You can't get those wrong. You can't get them wrong. Yeah. But there's clearly fuckery with that. Yeah. If there's fuckery with the vaccine, there's fuckery with that. Well, there's certainly fuckery in the reaction to that because we yeah. invaded Iraq. That's all you need to know. Like I had a whole bit For about sure. that at one point. Yeah. yeah. It's like if you can look at what happened on September 11, 2001, and then the logical conclusion is we got to invade a country that had nothing to do with it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's, like, it's crazy. And then they did it. And they said, well, there's weapons of mass destruction there. Okay. Yeah. And they cost like more than a million lives. And it turns out there were no weapons of mass destruction. It's just a weird thing where I go, I'm just like one of those old school guys who goes, just show me one video of the plane hitting the Pentagon. And I'm good. See, I think there it's, is a video of the plane hitting the Pentagon. No, there's not. It looks not. like a fucking plane. It's what does not. that look like? It's a trail of smoke. They they doctored it. 9-11, the you new Pearl Harbor. 9-11, the new Pearl Harbor is a crazy documentary by yeah? this Italian guy, Massimo Mazzucco. 
It's five hours. Watch it. You people have nothing to do. It's five hours. Um, Is it good? It's great. I'm telling you right now, it's a five-hour documentary on YouTube. You will watch it, get the fam together, sit them down, popcorn. And I'm telling you right now, because I watched it to debunk it. I watched it to debunk it and went, yeah, you start going into the flight, the phones at 30,000 feet. These people are having conversations. It's just not happening. That's Something's true. off. You can't have Something's a cell really phone off. call at 30,000 feet. Something's really, really off with that day. But you just can't. Now in these publications that write about me, they describe me as like 9-11 truther. COVID denier. It's like I just get all these. You had COVID. How can you be I've had. Co I've never said COVID was not real. Yeah. You know? I've said I Nor thought I. it was good. Well, I've had people mad at me because I medicated. Because I took medica well, medicine Well, people's for COVID. argument is you're in shape. <laughs> you eat right. You work out. Why yeah. would you take the medications? Because it's better than not taking medication. Of course. Like, that stuff works. Like, of course. Listen, I'm, I'm not saying you shouldn't take medication. I'm saying... Right. You're saying you should take medication. I'm saying you should, for sure, yeah. always. But especially if it's proven medication that works. Yeah. But the point is, like, you shouldn't have a binary solution for things. So it's right. either this or nothing. Right. Like, it's either one or zero. Like, right. That's crazy. Do you, when people pass away, they donate a large chunk of their fortune to like research and things like that. Do you think you'll donate yours to Robert F. Kennedy Jr. or like Dana White? Who will you give your money to? Demi Lovato. She's, <laughs> she's going she's gonna to give it to ghosts. Hey, man. She used to live in my building. Fun woman. Um... <laughs> Yeah, it's it's straight. Do you ever think to yourself, what's the next act? Because you've literally, you're the most successful comedian, probably when you look at all the different things you've done. There's not many people that have like, what do you ever go? I've done it all, and that's a little scary. No, no, because I don't yeah. think like that ever. The the crazy thing about all the different things that I've done is I've all I've ever tried to do, like I tried to become a professional comedian. I achieved that, and then I started working as a professional comic, and then all the other stuff is just stuff that came up. Right. Whether it's acting on news radio, that was just, uh, they just offered me money to do act Do you still this. keep in touch with Kathy Griffin? No, I would though. No, yeah. It's I love her. Yeah. Was she on that show <laughs> or no? No. Okay, I thought she was on that show. No, 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 no. Kathy Griffin was on Just Shoot Me, right? Was well, it? Suddenly no, no, not Susan. Just Shoot Me. It was suddenly the other Susan. one. I forgot. Yeah. She's nice. Yeah. Um, uh, Vicki Lewis was on news radio. That's Is who she... you're thinking of. Yeah, okay. I don't know. I don't know about her. <clears throat> She's redhead, too. She's That's a, maybe I'm yeah. getting confused. We used to yeah. always joke around that like right. she was stealing her act oh, like, when we were on okay, news radio. Yeah, 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 yeah. Joking around. And, but, Phil, um, and you worked with Phil Hartman, who was like one of the funniest people ever. But again, that was just like I stumbled into that show. Like, completely stumbled into it. <clears throat> I had no acting experience. Right. I mean, I'd done a little bit of acting on another terrible sitcom that got canceled. That got canceled. All of a sudden, I'm on news radio working with Dave Foley and Andy Dick and Phil Hartman with right. no acting experience. I'm like, right. what the fuck is happening Yeah, here? what's going on? And then I go from that to Fear Factor. I'm like, well, this is going to get canceled immediately. Meanwhile, it's one of the most successful reality shows ever. It's like six what fucking did you, seasons. What did you learn episodes. from, like... That was it. Just do everything and don't focus too much on like, because there's 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 even though you're saying you're stumbling into them and you are stumbling into them, there's a skill to stumbling, right? There's a skill to being positioning yourself in a way that you can kind of get those opportunities. There's that, but there's also being able to handle pressure. Okay, there like you go. being able to handle auditions, pressure, being able to <clears throat> handle the pressure of uh, speaking live. In front of a large audience, whether it's uh, doing the UFC broadcast or doing a, 
uh, a comedy show or a podcast, you gotta be able to handle pressure. Right. Some people just suck at pressure. You know, and That's I've right. always put myself in these positions where I have to perform under pressure because opportunities are available there because so many people don't like pressure. Right. So I would look at it and go, oh, they're scared. people are scared of this, so I'll go do that. Right. Like, there's less people doing it, and there's, it's more exciting to me because it's kind of dangerous when, and scary. When you and, got into it, was your family like, oh, this is cool, or were they like, no, what are you like, doing? What are you doing, idiot? Yeah. Like, go to school. Get a, right. get a career. Right. Get a real job. Like, you're not funny. Right. Like, there was a lot of that. Right, right, and even right. Even when I was fighting, like, you're going to get hurt. Yeah. You know, there's, like, everything I've done, like, what are you doing? You know, it's just... It's hard. If you have a child and you want your child to be successful, you don't want your child to take some wild, crazy fucking yeah. chance that what is a million to one chance it's going to pan out. Probably more than a million to one. Right. Was your childhood like the show Cobra Kai on Netflix where you're just <laughs> fighting people all the time? <laughs> That's what I imagine it is. You're, just, you're in a dojo. You have a sensei. <laughs> you just fight the other kids at the... At the, you know, prom. Well, I did fight a lot of people, but I did it mostly in tournaments, but I did fight in dojos a lot. We had real dojo fights. Not that I know of. Okay. Why were you fighting everybody? Were they fighting you? Yeah. 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 We like guys would come in from other schools and they would challenge us. And uh, I was often the guy who got thrown in with them. Yeah. When you were younger, were you bullied? What motivated you? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was small. And yeah. uh, guys would pick on me, and I moved around a lot. Like, we moved all the time. Like, I lived in San Francisco from well, New Jersey to age 7, San Francisco age 7 to 11, Florida 11 to 13, Boston 13 to 24. So I was fucking moving constantly. Right. So I never really established a great group of friends that I was tight with. Right. I was always the new kid, and I was not big, so I got fucked with. Right. So you learned to defend yourself. Uh, well, I had to. When I when I moved to uh, <clears throat> to Newton, I got fucked with like by a bunch of kids, and it was kind of scary. You know, I didn't know right. how to defend myself, and I was like, "Fuck!" Like I got to do something. And so I started taking martial arts, and it changed my life 180 degrees. Like, Rrr! turned it around 180 degrees. Right. And then all of a sudden, I wasn't worried about conflict anymore. And then I became obsessed with being like. Oh, like a world champion. I became obsessed with being like Did you have the like one good teacher where there's a few good teachers that stand out? Yeah. I had quite a few, but I, I went, I got very lucky that I went to this one school, this Jehan Kim Taekwondo Institute in Boston. That's like one of the most uh, highly respected schools in the country, uh, at the time at least. And it was just dead lucky. Just dead luck. I, I just happened to go there one day. Right. And I, I happened to go there while this guy, John Lee, was training for the world championships. And I, I happened to watch him train like when he was at his peak of condition, when he was a national champ. And, and I became obsessed. And right. I, and I was there every day. Right. So my, most of my, my high school from like age 15 all the way until I was 21 was just obsessed with martial arts and competing. Right. Traveling all over the country. That's mostly what I did. And your friends, I guess, were people in that world. Yes. Yeah. Some of them, like my friend Steve Graham, I'm still really tight with. Yeah. And how did, what makes you go from that to comedy? Well, it's kind of an interesting transition. Fear of brain damage. Right. There was a little bit of that because I was I was definitely aware that I was getting hit in the head too much. That was def- especially when I started kickboxing. I had uh, three kickboxing fights, and when I was training for kickboxing, which I did for more than a year, there was a lot of getting hit in the head. There was a lot right. of hard sparring rounds, and then I was also watching a lot of other people that I saw that had brain damage. I was like, Ugh. like this guy's not who he used to be. Like he's slipping, and then I realized, like, oh my god, this is happening to me. And there was no money in it. There right. Was, there was no UFC back then. So this is 1988, 89. So you're like, it. you got to get out. Yeah, I had to get out. Yeah. And I had to get out soon before I ruined my brain, you know? And then 
also, fortunately, my friend Steve that I was talking about earlier, he was one of the people that told me I should be a comedian. Because I would, uh. we would go on these trips to go to fight in tournaments, right? Right. Oftentimes we'd be on a bus or we'd travel by car together and we'd be bored and I would be the one who made everybody laugh. And so, like, if we were, like, getting ready to spar, everybody would be ner- like, super nervous. And I would say the most inappropriate shit right. and get laughs out of people. And once I knew that I could get laughs, then I would just try to do it. Right. Like, whenever I knew people were nervous, I would say the inappropriate thing or do impressions of people or impressions of, like, uh, our instructor having sex. Right. So you, know? you, you just established yourself as kind of the funny dude. I was silly. Yeah. I would silly, be silly and funny. And it would, like, it was gallows humor. Right. Because right. everyone was so scared. And right. it was also, it would alleviate some of the pressure of like getting scared before you go to a tournament. Right. We're all scared. Right. You know, and so my friend Steve said, you really should be a fucking comedian. Yeah. And I go, ah, man, you think I'm funny because you like me. I go, right. other people are going to think I'm an asshole. Right. And he's like, I don't, you should just, you should just go and just see an open mic night and try it. And so I did. I went to an open mic night. And Were you hooked on night one? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Richard Jenny had a great point. Yeah. He goes, horrible comedians are amazing in that they inspire people to try it. Because you look at someone who's terrible and you go, well, I, I can can't be as bad as that guy. Right. I'll give it a shot. Right. And that's what open mic night was to me. Right. Because I had thought of stand-up like Jerry Seinfeld or Richard Pryor. I right. thought, like, I can't do that. These guys are yeah. too good. Right. But then you go to open mic night and you go, oh, some of these people are terrible, right? And they're doing it, and like I can kind of do it like they're doing it, maybe a little better than them. Maybe yeah. I can, maybe I could do this. And then on the same night, like there was like Jonathan Katz was the host of the open mic night from uh, Miss Doctor Katz in Boston. Yeah. yeah, yeah, he was the host of open mic night the first time I ever went on stage. And then on that night, some other real professionals went on, like Teddy Bergeron went on. Yeah, and I got to see him go on, and I I got hooked immediately. Yeah, so I did my first set. And then I almost chickened out. I got really close to chickening out. Oh, my God. I, I came that close to pussying out. Yeah. And then um, once I did it, I was hooked. And then I started doing it all the time. And you got successful pretty quick. Pretty quick. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, luckily in Boston, you could get work pretty quick. Right. You know, so like within one year of doing open mic nights and, you know, and we, I mean, Fitzsimmons and I started out together and we would draw, Greg and I would drive together to Rhode Island to do 10 minutes. Right. So we drive 90 minutes to 10 what minutes. What year for was free. that? 88. Wow. Yeah. We yeah. both started in 88. We both started with like within a week of each other. So you would go to comedy, everybody's smoking cigarettes. Oh, yeah. Dry, it was the oh, old, yeah, yeah. you know, old school. Oh, yeah. 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 Bars were filled with cigarette improv smokes. comedy. Oh, yeah. 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 There was no idea, like, there was no non-smoking. Right, right. Yeah, it was every hilarious. Bar had just smoking. everything smoked. Everything smelled smoking. like that. Yeah, 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 And yeah. everyone smoked. Right. It was crazy. And people would just, you would, you would go up, do the 10 minutes, yeah. sink or swim, yep. killer bomb, and then you would be back on the road. Yep. And then we would try to go to different places. Like, we would go to a couple different spots a night if we could. You know, sometimes we knew another guy who had another room. Did you know back then, would you look at certain people and go, that guy's going to make it? A lot of people I thought were going to make it that didn't. And what what do you attribute a lot of that to? Why do you think a lot of funny people, because I've seen that now. I've been doing it about 11 years, probably almost 12 years now. A lot of people, I was like, that person was really funny. Yeah. And they didn't get to that next level. I don't know, man. Yeah. I don't. I mean, I think there's a, lot a bunch of, it is of factors. drinking. That, that's one. A little too drugs. much sometimes. Drinking or drugs. That could be it, but it's also there's psychology involved. Like, yeah. The um, the mind games that that the unknown and the uncertain play on people. Some sometimes people just crack. That's they just right. Can't take it anymore. Just like we were talking about fame. Yeah. People crack under fame. 
Like they get to a certain point where they can't handle this anymore. They can't they handle crack. it. They don't know what's real. Right. They crack right. under that. They crack under uh, the pressure of not knowing if they're going to make it. I mean, I've seen that in actors too. Like in, I've been friends with actors that were like, they'd get on a show and then, you know, they'd audition for another show and then maybe not make it, but maybe have like another callback for the thing. And they're always in flux. And they, it would, they would go crazy because they didn't know, like, what am I doing with my life? What is happening? Is this going to work out? Am I? And they'd start crying right. and freaking out. It's like right. just the uncertainty and the unknown. For some people, it's just too much. It's and too much. Some of them are really fucking talented. Some of them are really funny. And then there's a lot of people that are somewhat mediocre, but they have mastered the unknown. Yeah, like that's well, there's delusional. The, yeah, there's crazy people out there that have that can channel that into certitude. Yeah, and then they start convincing themselves, like they've convinced themselves they're great, and then they start convincing everyone else, and it's kind of like the emperor has no clothes, where everyone's like, I guess they're great. Well, I don't even know about that, but one thing that some mediocre people do is they're not funny at all, but they've managed to stay around. Right. Like, here they are, 10 years later, 15 yeah. years later. He's right. still here. He's yeah. still going up, hosting that show at the, you know, Still whatever. doing it. Yeah. Still doing it. Yeah. yeah. Do you weird. Do you think people that are starting comedy now are, is it going to be a completely different world? Where I, I tend to think now people that are starting are going to have to go to the internet. And, and almost the same way that you were taking a beating at open mics and things like that, they're almost going to have to take a beating online mm. in front of a digital audience to build their thing. Because the, the mainstream or the legacy industry seems to, of comedy seems to be dying. So even though they'll that. be getting good at stand-up on the side, if they don't have other components. What, what do you mean by the mainstream of comedy? Meaning that the idea of moving to New York or L.A. and doing 20 sets a week mm. and then getting uh, the uh, Montreal Comedy Festival and then getting the, the booker at the club to see you and like you and then getting a special on HBO, all that seems to be dying. I know so many people with hour specials and nobody's watching them, right? Or so many people with late night TV shows, like they're hosting them and no one cares. Yeah, that's true. And, and they're not making that much money. And it seems to be a small and smaller circle of people that this is mattering to. Every day the internet's expanding. It seems to be getting bigger and bigger. And the people that have a platform online, a digital platform, seem to be getting more and more attention. So to me, isn't there an inevitable shift coming to where comics really are just going to have to compete Digitally, I think the digital aspect of it is the best way to promote themselves for sure. Right. Whether it's through putting their stuff online on a YouTube or a Rumble or Instagram or whatever they're doing, like or people, Getter, which you're, you're now on, you're yeah. on Getter. That's a news story. Like, why is it a news Chinese story? Communist Party now, I believe. Yeah, why are you? It's a news story that you're on Getter. Well, the news story is their their fucking amount of people that signed up increased by. 1,150 percent or something. Yeah, something you have bananas. like 20. Uh, you have like eight, nine million followers on Getter. Yeah, it's not real though. Is it because not real? Getter doesn't even have nine million people. No, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's very it's a lot so of fuckery. So there's fuckery with that. This is where the fuckery is. They yeah. take all my Twitter followers. So I, my Twitter followers like 7.8 million. Yeah. And then they port those over. So I started out with 7.8 oh. million. Oh. So whatever I have now, if I have eight. It's like, really, I have 200,000. So Getter yeah. is fugazi, fugazi, as they say. Definitely right. fugazi. And every time I post on Twitter, it posts automatically on Getter. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it's like, it's automatically done Weird, so. so it's just harvesting your yeah. tweets. And I don't know how to get off. Like, if I get off a of Getter, you I don't have know. to. 
you you <laughs> have to you have to sit down with Marjorie Taylor Greene yes. personally, and, and she's got to tell me all yeah. about what's in the basement of yeah, Common Pizza. She's got to <laughs> take you down the rabbit hole, then you come out the other side of Getter. Uh, but yeah, it it seems to me that like the the business is kind of dying. I don't think it is. You uh, don't think it is? No, no, I disagree. You I prove think it is. This is no, no, no. The that aspect of the business, as far as like Montreal Comedy Festival and stuff like that, being beneficial, that's. True, that's dying. Right, but podcasts have taken their place. Right, and okay. comedians now like Brian Simpson, who's got his new brilliant uh, Netflix one special. of the best. Yeah, he's yeah. working with me this weekend. At he's Vulcan. one of the best. I love him to death. And he now that he has this huge Netflix special that killed, and he's been on my podcast a couple of times. He's got a career. Right, like, he's killing it. Right, and he will continue to kill it. Yeah. So this is where the 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 but the he's not as big gone. as Rambo. So my point right. is that who's that? What is Ranboo's a Minecraft streamer, Joe. Stop pretending you don't know who he is. <laughs> is that real? Yeah, he's a Minecraft streamer. My point is that things are moving quickly. Well, we can't compare ourselves to Minecraft. Streamers. I understand that, but I'm just saying. Yes, we can. <laughs> I was in the new and bookstore the other day, and Doctor Disrespect has a book. Mr. Beast has a burger. Well, Mr. Beast deserves a burger. He's a brilliant guy. He's got a great is it show. Good? It's a great show. Yeah, he does. He, he does, does a great he's show. He's a visionary it's, guy. It's a smart thing that he does. He spends a shitload of money on his show. Well, that's what I mean. These are the yes. new stars. Well, that's just These in that new, world, but those are the new stars yeah. in terms of like, that would be, he would be a reality TV star like 10 years ago. For sure. Now he's a YouTube star, but now he's his own fucking boss and he's doing yeah. it the right way, which is why it's so successful. The same thing with your podcast. Imagine a world where an executive bankrolls your podcast and says, oh, are you going to sit together with your friend Ben and you're yeah. going to wear cop sunglasses yeah. and you're going to talk shit about the, the whole world? Yeah. What are you talking about? Yes. You want me to pay for that? I, I can think of several executives <laughs> that would fund it, but they're all disgraced. <laughs> Angelo Mazzillo at Country Ride. Dick Fold yeah. at Lehman Brothers. Exactly. But, yeah, but this no, is my for point. sure. It's yeah. like the world has changed, but there are new avenues that are available. Right. But the world of comedy remains in clubs. Like you yes, must. That is true. You, you gotta must, be able to get on stage and kill. Right. And we both. Yeah. That is the most important. One of the most important things. Yes. It's like I'm not giving that up. Like stand up no is one's... fucking awesome. And yes, that is always going to be a thing that I like to see, and it's always going to be a thing that I like to do, and it's always going to be a thing where people want to go see a comic. They yeah. want to go live. It's a fun thing to but do. But don't you want to get to the point where people know you so well from the internet that when you get on stage, they just clap for 45 minutes. You don't even have to write material, and then you can just leave. You can kind of wave like Princess Diana used to do. I don't think that ever happens. I don't no. think you ever get that. No, of course not. I feel the heat after about 15 uh, uh, of seconds. Of course not. No, no of course you do. I, I get nervous as soon as I walk on stage. Yes. I, I get the mic. I go, uh... No, yeah. it, it's the biggest high you ever have. It's the best thing. It's the best art form. It's, it's also just, the best thing for the audience. Like in terms of like it's me the most as fun. an audience member. Yeah, I love watching someone kill. It's fun. That's right. When I laugh hard, like I'm laughing hard at someone killing. But you're also from a generation of people that leaves their house. That's true. There's a whole There's generation a of, of people that are scared to leave the yeah. room, well, let alone the house. My audience and dies they have of to old be age. I'll quit. You have to keep evolving. <laughs> you should be on Twitch. You mm. should be streaming. I'm on Spotify. You're a young That's man. That's my evolution. You can keep going. Where's my deal? What did they tell us? Fuck off for the ninth time? Well, because I are they telling you to fuck I off? I attacked the CEO. I said he was a pedophile. It was a joke. That's not real. No one can have fun anymore. I think you said I'm a pedophile too. Yeah, I'm. I don't know if I did that, but I said that the <laughs> CEO 
was uh, something or other. But they, so he's mad at you? No, he's not mad. But apparently, because they have you, they don't need me. Yeah. Because we have overlap, and they're still going by the. They old, should get you. They're still going by the old numbers that say that this show's bigger than mine. Those are the old numbers. That's last week. This show's not even on YouTube anymore. I keep telling them it's true. It's not even on YouTube. They go, oh no, it doesn't matter. We have the internals, and you're bet. Honestly, the the beautiful thing about Spotify has been the lack of censorship. And the yeah. lack of fear of having episodes pulled and all that Spotify's shit. Spotify's been amazing. And in the beginning, people thought they were going to be worse than YouTube. They've actually, conversely, been so much better. Yeah, there's been so much better. I think that's just because people are always, they, ter- they hate f- change. They hate any kind of like new that's right. thing that's happening. And, you know, also it's like they hate, they hate someone doing well. So if someone gets some That's big right. crazy deal and they're making all this money, like, oh, it sucks now. I right. used to watch, now I hate it. Yeah. It's fucking the worst. Sucks. She's it's sold out. It's normal. It's normal. Right. So and also, in the beginning, I did lose a lot. We lost like fifty percent of our audience, like almost right away. Yeah. Jamie was in a frothy panic. Really? Look at him. Well, he's got so many other opportunities. Frothy panic. Yeah. Uh, but a year later, we've got as much, if not more. We have more right. now. Right. And it's better. It's bigger than it's ever been. It yeah. Just, it just had to like. This catch is just up. what happens immediately. In but the, I, I'm yeah. just like, good. Let me be ten percent less famous. Right. I mean, I'll be right. happy for twenty five. Give me twenty five percent less fame. Yeah. And more money. Well, that's oh, not right. the way it's worked out. Yeah, well, that's uh, funny that you said CNN. that. You're like, let's be a little less controversial, a little less famous. Yeah, well, I was and like, then on the other side of it, you have Fauci trying to drone you outside of your house. <laughs> it well, didn't really work. for him now. Yeah. yeah oh, my God. That you poor think guy. so? Oh, yeah. Yeah, People they're are coming, coming for him. him. They held him and nailed security. Him. Look at the Cuomos. Yes. They hail you and nail you like the Cuomos. Well, that's a different situation. Right. But the Fauci situation, after Rand Paul attacked him for gain-of-function research, and then people started looking into gain-of-function yes. research, and it all came from Josh Rogan's reporting. And Josh Rogan, yeah. he was the one who showed that Fauci funding the EcoHealth Alliance, that the NIH funding them, is what started up gain-of-function research in Wuhan, like after Obama had put the kibosh on it. Yeah. And he's like still in denial, but the NIH has come clean. NIH has said, yes, it's gain of function research. And Fauci's like, gain of function research is a very nebulous term. <laughs> like, he talks so slow. Yeah, he gets off to diseases. The guy's a problem. It's amazing his, yeah. like, the way he handles where he's obviously cornered. Right. And he just, like, jujitsu's his way. Well, he's also been a government. Uh, guy forever. Forever. He's been a bureaucrat the forever. The highest paid government employee. Yeah. and He's he, paid more than the president. Yeah, and they did a documentary about him, and it's he's very vain. The documentary about him is the reason they took the thumbs down off of YouTube. It's crazy how vain, <laughs> how vain he is. Of course. You know, and how... You know, unwilling he is to give up the spotlight, even when, as you showed me that Hugh Hewitt clip, people are like, you know, you might accomplish the goal of getting more people vaccinated by stepping aside. Yeah. Because you're not well liked or trusted. And it's crazy to watch him react to that. Yeah. You're crazy. You're crazy. I completely disagree. Yeah. It's my show. If you criticize Anthony Fauci, you're criticizing science. Would you have Billy Boy Gates on? 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. I think that would be interesting. I'd say, how do I get in the club? Yeah. What do I have to do? Well, it's about that time. You're you're knocking on that door. How do I get a yacht? Dude, what if you just reversed everything you said tomorrow? Like, it would be kind of hilarious. Turn around. If you just went in here tomorrow and go, you know, I slept on it. And I've decided. I got double vax last night. Yeah, you go. I got double vax last <laughs> I took night. Both shots at the same time. I had a great sleep. 
Uh, and I have the CEO of Pfizer and Moderna here and Hillary Clinton. Yeah. And we're all going to tell you everything's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe that's the move. Does it scare you to be at the level of prominence you are with like a family? Just the idea of like as the kids grow up and they hear things on the news, does it, is it harder for you to explain to them, it like, is what I do. Yeah, I mean, it's it's not easy to explain, but nor would it be easy to explain if I was a hitman. You know, right. it's like well, what those do you aren't do? the only two options. Of that's how I live. <laughs> I have one, one or two choices. Either I go out like the Punisher, <laughs> <laughs> right? I mean, I like that. But so, do, do they ever ask, or is it? Are they not? Yeah, I mean, they think it's funny. Like, right. but they think it's funny because I think it's funny. That's right. Like when I come home, like daddy's in trouble again. Right. Oh, the the, the government's right. mad at daddy. Yeah. You know, like uh, they don't. If I th I guess if I really tweaked, they would right. probably tweak too. But you set that standard of like this is part of the job, part, it's of, part the of the business. gig, man. You know, and you know it's that if you can't take the heat expression. You know, right, shouldn't be in this business. Right, so absolutely. It's, a, it's a, the business of opinions. You know, we're in yeah. the business of opinions. Yeah, and it's a weird fucking business because people. It's hard for people to have opinions today because of corporate structures, human resources. You know, you want to make it up the corporate ladder, and there's an ideology that your company has, and if it's left wing or right wing, you have to toe that line. Like, it's fucking hard for people to just have opinions. And even if they do have opinions, when do they have the time to talk about it? That's right. The thing about talking about opinions, like we do, we yeah. Sit and talk for hours and hours. Nobody has the time to do that. What have you learned? I think through this whole period, not only just the last year, but the last few years, about the way that friendships work uh, at your level. Because everybody wants something from you, right? Yeah. You have this platform. Um, you can share it with people. Everybody wants to get on the show. Everybody wants maybe you to endorse their. I have friends who call me like, yo, tell Joe about this weed opportunity. I'm like, are you on drugs? And they <laughs> <Yes>. are, but <laughs> like, how do you deal with just that? Whereas all these different people. I have to say no to a lot of things. You say no to a lot of people. And sometimes, yeah, and sometimes it's uncomfortable. Like sometimes people won't let it go. And you know, and you said people will come at you all different ways, all friends, different ways. your wife, friends, everybody just yeah, trying to get in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's 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 uh, it's an issue. You know, I mean, I changed my phone number a lot. Right, I, I've got to change it again. You know, right, I've changed it last year. I got to change it again. I, ch I and I have several phones. I have four phones now. I used right. to have three. Now I have four. That's crazy. You know. I have A, B, C, and D. You're A. Congratulations. Oh, congrats! Michael. Thank you very much. I appreciate yeah, you're the it. You're the phone I carry. Um, yeah, but there's a lot of people that I'll check their. I check that phone once a week. Right. Yeah, and maybe not even. Sometimes not. Who's even. the best guest you've had other than me in the last seven or eight years? Would you say? There's so many good ones, man. Yeah. There's Was so there many. anything? I mean, so many serious what, ones. What so many stands funny out ones. in my head is Peterson. Yeah. Classic. Yeah, he's awesome. Bob Lazar. Oh yeah, that was a great. That's one. a great episode. You know, I don't know if he's Mike full Tyson. Shit or not. Mike Tyson's yeah. great. I've had a lot of great ones. Elon. Man. Elon is always a great. And one. Alex. Yeah, Alex is great. Yeah, I've had so many great ones. So many comics. Like one of the things that we've been doing is uh, me, Shane Gillis, Mark Norman, and Ari Shafir. We do this thing called the Cuddle Party. Yeah, where the four of us and we get fucking hammered and That's talk great. the most shit. And That's then afterwards, great. like panic like maybe we should cut that part out oh that's like, the best that's when you know it's good <laughs> yeah. that's oh when God. you know an episode is Gillis good. was hammered we've only had one person and it was Giannis Papas come on our show where we couldn't use any of it because ah! he just starts attacking 
screaming about Ali Wong. I mean, he's, he's mentally ill. We love him, but he's, meant, he's unwell, and we know he's that. He's had too many heroes. Yeah, and so we just couldn't use it, but God love him. Um, the, uh, but yeah, those are when you know they're good episodes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's uh, those, <laughs> but those with the ones with comics are my favorite because I feel the most at home. I mean, look, I, I, I wear a lot of different hats, for right. lack of a better term, when, yeah. this, when I do this thing. It's very strange. Like sometimes I'm talking to a scientist, sometimes I'm talking to someone who wrote a book about the environment, sometimes right. I'm talking to a psychologist, sometimes I'm talking to a comedian, sometimes right. I'm talking to a fighter. Sometimes I'm talking to an invent. It's like weird. Right. It's a weird gig, man. Yeah, and I, it's only me that's booking them. It's right. Like, like that guy looks like fun. How do people get on? People ask me all the time. They go, "How does somebody get on that?" I, I seek people out. I said, "Yeah, I, th I think I'm like he just has to want you to come on." Yeah, that's it. There's no other way on. Right. It, I have to say yes. Like, there's literally no other way on. Because well, there's there's, there's there's also giving me twenty five thousand dollars. And what that'll do is increase the likelihood. It'll help. It'll help. Yeah. But it's not an exact. I have done that once. Really? Yes. I didn't take the money, but he paid a friend. and he, the, My friend was broke, and yeah. he told me, hey, this guy told me that if I get you on, or if uh, I get him on your podcast, yeah. he'll give me $25,000. That was the exact number. That's which crazy. Is funny to that. And I said, listen, I said, I would have that guy on anyway. Because he's really interesting. Right. So, yes. So right. You can, I love you, so you take the money, yeah. and then I'll have him on. But right. I, would, I would just let you know, I would have had him on anyway, but don't tell him that and get that money. Good so for you. But, yeah, there's no way on. There's just you have to be interested in what somebody is saying. That's one of the beauties of the podcast is that it's only what I'm interested in. So whether right. it's talking to Bob Lazar or talking to a fighter or talking to an artist – you know, like people, like it's only, right. I have to be interested. And I'm like, right. oh, I'd like to talk to that guy or Oliver Stone who was on today. I was like, Oliver Stone wanted to come on and I don't know if you've seen his new fucking Kennedy documentary. It's amazing. Holy shit. It's good. I haven't a, seen it, but it's I, it, fucking amazing. And, and there's a deep. four hour one Where that's coming out at the end of, it's on Showtime right now until the end of February. At the end of February, it's everywhere. And he's going to release a four hour version. Wow. Yeah, it's fucking fantastic. So this leave will leave no doubt that it's a oh coup. Oh my god, there's no doubt with the two hour one, but he says it's right. even deeper with the four with hour. With the four one. hour. But one. like having Oliver Stone on, like fuck yeah, Quentin Tarantino, fuck yeah, like yeah. those kind of people. It's like, it's just who I'm interested in. I, I can I talk to that person? Yeah, let's get right. him. Go get him. Go let's get him. Get let's get him. Let's do for it. Sure. That's what it is. Yeah, that, I mean, and that's one of the reasons why the podcast works is because there's never a moment like you remember that Bill Hicks bit about Jay Leno. Sitting there yes. talking to Joey Lawrence. And his he, blood splatters he, like yeah. the NBC yeah. peacock. Yeah. Because <laughs> he's a company, company man to the, the bitter, bitter end. end. Yeah. But it's that Jay Leno really didn't want to talk to these guys. Right. Like, that's the bit. Like, hey, Joey Lawrence. No, right. Yeah, you, you got yeah. a girlfriend? What's going right, on? Right, well, yeah. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? And you talk to people you want to talk to. Exactly. Like, there's no one gets on unless I'm And interested. so much of the rage, I think, at you is that you've really found this way to monetize enjoying stuff. And satiating your curiosity and having these long, meaningful conversations. And you've revolutionized the long-form discussion. Yeah. And all of these other media figures that supposedly could have done it or fancy themselves to be intellectuals and to be... None of them did it. You did it. A comedian, an MMA commentator, you did it. None of them did it. It's weird. So, so I think a lot of the rage at you comes from that. It's that you they took a chance it. on yourself... And it worked out, and none of them did. Well, it's it's weird too in that, um, 
like when it became long form just because that's what I wanted to do. Like Ari was like the fucking most adamant person telling me, you got to change it. You got to edit it. He would yeah. tell me like, you know, I'm telling you right now, you're fucking up. I go, right. how am I fucking up? He goes, you yeah. got to edit your show. It's too long. I go, well, then don't listen. Right. I like, love no, that when he goes, people won't listen. You go, they don't have to. Yeah, I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I was making no money. <laughs> right. I was making zero dollars. Right. And I was doing it every week. Yeah. And it got to the point where it, w there was one time when me and Red Band were sitting around. He goes, do you know how many downloads this gets? I yeah. go, no. And he goes, the episode got a million downloads. And it was like like a record skip. Yeah. I go, right. what? What? Yeah. Where did what? That... A million downloads. Yeah. Ari has great advice. He told me once that I should I should put out a tweet about Kobe Bryant, and I didn't. Ah! So thank God. But just so sometimes he is wrong. Sometimes sometimes he's wrong. Yeah, uh, he's a funny guy. Uh, but he so uh, have you ever seen his dick and balls? Every day. I his, mean, he's. Well, I let him stay you. at my rental in Texas. He sent me this video. Just, his, I mean, uh, all he does is 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 expose himself indecently. His his balls don't look like they belong with his dick. I told him that yeah. his balls. Seemed like his dick is a hermit crab and yeah. stole his balls from someone else <laughs> and they're living inside of it. He's uh, he's completely out of his mind. Look at those balls. <laughs> it's insane. They're so big. It's like elephantitis. They're like, like a giant chimp. Yeah, like you know, chips have huge yeah, balls. Yeah, it's like elephantitis. Yeah, it's crazy. That's what it's like. How does a family like Texas love it? They love it. Yeah, they love it. They love it. Yeah, man, it's fucking great here. Yeah, people are so much more relaxed. And yeah. I, my what I think is really important when I'm doing here with the club and yeah. uh, the podcast here is that I'm I'm completely removing myself from the influence of Hollywood. Right. Because when you're in L. A., you're still like, in it. You're still in you're, it. Yeah. It's still it's contagious. Yeah. It's in the air, and you're like, ooh, I got it on me. Like that. That disingenuous bullshit right. for, you know, that fake sort of behavior that yeah. they do. That stuff gets into our business. Yeah. And we have those actor types that kind of like they, they dance in both worlds and yeah. they have like one foot in the actor world right. and one foot in the, and then they'll tweet about stuff. Yeah. Like, what the fuck are, yeah, you, what doing? are you doing? Why are you tweeting yeah. about that? Right. Because they're in these both worlds and that world, it contaminates things. Right. And comedy needs to have its own center where it's like comedy is the 100% the thing. It's not comedy to become a sitcom star. Or right. I want to tell young comics and I want to help them and say, hey, you don't have to do anything else. Right. You can just do comedy. You don't have to have anybody hire you for something. Right. You can be completely autonomous and you could have all this like freedom to do podcasts, do other people's podcasts, and we all will work together as an organic network. Yeah. And you can just practice stand-up. Right. Which is what everybody loves. Right. Everybody loves stand-up. You do those other things because you think that's what you have to do for a career. Yeah. But ultimately, I remember being on news radio, I remember being on Fear Factor in particular, and seeing people that I knew that I started out with that were killing it in theaters, and they were on the road all the time, and I would be jealous. Right. And I'd be like, God, I wish I was doing that. Yeah. But I was trapped. Not trapped, obviously. It's a good trap. Yeah. But I was doing a, a show, and I was like, I can't travel. Yeah. I have this show I have to do all the time. Yeah. And I, I could travel very rarely. Yeah. And I remember thinking, God, this like cements in my head that I really love stand-up. I, I love money. It's ni money. What's what's nice about money is you don't have to worry about money. Right. Because if you don't have money, then you worry about money. But right. if you can have a clear head 
And once you get money, don't think, oh, my God, I hope this doesn't go away. Now I have to play everything safe, and I have to, I have to really right. play by the rules so I get more of this Hollywood money. Right. Instead, what I did was going, okay, good. Now I've got some money. Now I can just be free. Now I'm going to just do what I want to do. Yeah, and then for sure. The, the podcast thing came out of that because it was completely organic. There was no thought whatsoever about it being profitable. Yeah. Zero. Yeah. And the club you're going to open in a few months, and yes. then a lot of people will come probably you know, to the club from other places, too. Well, I Because you so. have a huge fan base, That's, and people will come. The goal is to be as supportive as possible to stand-up right. community. Right. To make an awesome place where comics, where audiences can come, have a great time. Comics can come and know they're safe. They're right. have fun there. We, you know, we're going right. to make but it But you are going to require the booster. Everyone gets boosted. Before you go on stage, every time. I think if you just, I think there's a waning period where people are like, well, the vaccine yeah. effectiveness has dropped off. Yeah. Like maybe if you keep hitting people, it'll come back. Yeah, yeah. Just boost them every fucking week. And maybe if you die, you were supposed to. Yeah. I mean, people are always saying that the roads are too crowded here. For now. sure. But what if we boost a lot of people and whack yeah. a few? I mean, that makes a lot of sense. I want to thank you for taking your time. and you're a busy guy. Ben's going to get you. We promise you $50. Uh, ben, go to the ATM. Get him the money. I want to thank uh, you. Yeah. I want to thank you for being one of these new up-and-coming people that's very exciting, and I think you're paving the way for a lot of people that are seeing what you're doing. Wow. Seeing you're, you're courageous. You're a wild motherfucker. You take yeah. chances. You're smart. It's awesome. Well, I love thank you for doing this. And I'm happy to be your friend. Well, I am happy to be your friend, and... Thank you for giving me the strength to be a gamer and be trans. <laughs> Good night. Thank you. Thank you, Joe.